Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 50. 50. Five zero. Yeah, and I don't know if you recognize the voice on the uh, other microphone, but it is a uh, Parent Network OG. Guess who's back? Back again. I think it's appropriate. I think it's very appropriate. I don't even know what you're just saying, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm Sass, and this is my friend uh, Marcy Bolick, who uh, most of you will know uh, was a part of the very beginning of us starting the Parent Network and uh, recently stepped out of church work. And Marcy, I'm going to let you kind of tell that story a little bit yeah, uh, for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, and we're so excited to have you back. Yeah, so welcome back. back. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's a reference to Slim Shady, a Slim Shady song. So probably it's you a, wouldn't know that. Like Eminem. Guess who's uh, back. A, I'm a little old for that. I know. Actually. So 50, episode 50, you resonate with that on another level, Ow. don't you? <laughs> you missed me, didn't you? That's actually true. <laughs> I am uh, less than a month away from being 50. I know it. <laughs> Feels kind of crazy. Does it feel good? I guess I did miss you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. We should have like held off a little bit so we could have done that 50th episode on your 50th birthday. Yeah, that would have been a little too self-serving. I didn't want to uh, do that. So anyway, hey, well, okay. welcome back. Thanks All right, for coming back and doing this. All right, so yes, yeah, so I yeah, have tell everybody what's kind of been going on with you. A lot. Hey, and we are just like everyone else in the United States right now. We have kids around because there's no. You need to tell me something. Wants to tell me something right now. This right awesome. now, you're the best, bud. Koi just turned four. That's a big thing in our world right now. Cool. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so working from home. Working from home. Yeah. That has been a game that I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with, or you know, I wish more people were familiar with that right now. And just yeah. for if you're listening to this months from now, we're in the midst of coronavirus, quarantined, and yeah. you know, so, right. social distancing. So I actually work with my husband's finance team at Wells Fargo now, and I run their marketing and a lot of other things, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, fortunately, we do work together, so we both understand the complications of the job. Yeah, I'm just grabbing boy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to give it yes. to the other room. So. Yeah, so it's a little bit different being that we work together already, so now that we're working together at home, it's it's easier for sure, yeah. but it is, it is a major difference from ministry being in full-time ministry but also not I find myself more often than not reminding myself that for five years I taught volunteers how to take ministry into their jobs that you don't need a job at Port City Church or any other church in order to do full-time ministry and I'm trying to implement some of those things but it like in any other corporate setting there are boundaries there are there are limitations and rightfully so and even still, I find myself in these amazing conversations, especially right now, because so many of our clients are home and they're alone and they're in that most dangerous age group. The ones that we have to really be careful that we're not, mm-hmm. you know, coming in contact with for fear of you know them getting the virus. And that's been really great to just have an excuse really to call them and say, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Yeah. And give them that freedom to talk to them and that's been an awesome part of this role 
So it sounds like what you're doing is you're taking sort of the pastoral part yes. of what you were trying to do and teach people in the church and you're just doing it. Yes. Well, and there's, you know, we used to, Adam and I used to always joke that you need three people in your life, your pastor, your doctor, and your finance guy. <laughs> and so it felt at the beginning like a really awkward and rocky transition. I've honestly been pushed into doing ministry in areas that at Port City I never wanted to do because it seemed so uncomfortable and I, it was territory I wasn't familiar with enough, but I've been forced and kind of launched into caring for people who've lost spouses or loved ones because so many of them, they don't know how to process all the paperwork and all that comes with the logistics of the passing of someone they really loved and cared for. And to be able to walk with them through that and provide just even the smallest amount of care in a very annoying situation where I mean there's mounds of paperwork but to be able to hold someone's hand and say hey we're here for you mm -hmm. that's been incredible yeah just caring so, for people yeah and I'll tell you uh, just one quick funny story I actually had someone that I had to drive out to really far out past Leland and help him and I ended up standing in his kitchen and I turned around and there on his bookshelf was this book that I remember vividly being in my grandparents living room and it was specific to the church that I had grown up in and that denomination. And it launched, I, it took me an hour and a half to leave because we just talked missions and we talked, you know, raising kids in the church and how the church has changed. And it was like life-giving mm. almost. So it's been really cool to see how that has unfolded. It, I wonder if because of your experience in ministry, and, and kind of you were you're trying to see things like that in ministry now that you're you know out of out of full-time church ministry if you will but yet you're working in the business world you just see those opportunities more clearly than maybe most um, people do maybe I think I feel more uncomfortable to be honest mm -hmm. it felt really easy to start a conversation with someone when I could say I work at Port City Church and now you know from where I'm working they don't they're not, They're not expecting that, right? <laughs> and, I, and I hesitate to do it. You know, there's yeah, sure. There's that fear in that, but sure. it's been it's been a really neat job, especially getting to work with Adam. Just yeah. that's the number one, yeah, bonus. What's been kind of the maybe the hardest part of making kind of that transition out of full time church work into the business world? Um, the hardest part. Ooh, I think there's that aspect of being part of the mom's group and leading the creation of that I was able to do that next to a lot of my friends and being able to say that while I'm working I'm going to take some money to coffee and we're just going to talk about the struggles of motherhood I miss that mm -hmm. it's definitely you know there's a little more I have I don't have time to think in this job. It is go, 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 which, you know, me, I really, one of the things I struggled about working at the church was how much downtime there is. Right, you were go, go, go. You were trying to find stuff to go, like, right? Why aren't you giving me something to do? Yeah, I right. mean, so I like being busy, but I have missed that aspect of being able to say, yeah, let's go. Come on. I'll listen. Right now it's like, hey, I'll, I'll call you on my way to get my kids from school. So, I've appreciated that too, though, Sass, because I'm experiencing what a lot of the moms I worked with were experiencing. I have struggled with just thinking about getting ready to do this podcast with you, 
knowing that there has not been a lick of time where I could listen to podcasts yeah. in weeks now. Yeah. Well, we've tried to schedule this for like the last <laughs> week, right? <laughs> it's been right, hard to yeah. find a time for both of us to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. No, yeah. I wish I wish more people in America were experiencing what we were experiencing in that you know, one, we still have jobs and that security in this season is not something that we are taking for granted. We realize that this is a blessing and it's it's been really good. But there's also that aspect of, of knowing that a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are not getting that income that they have become accustomed to receiving and all of that. But it's definitely put us in this odd position of being more busy than we were before in a period where most people aren't. Yeah. So that's hard to swallow. Yeah. Talk a little bit about kind of how COVID has affected you guys as a family outside of you and Adam kind of working together, yeah. but just kind of everything kind of going on mm-hmm. with your kids and not being in school and, you know, just because that's the conversation. Right. I was with a group of parents an hour ago and that was the conversation is what's going on with your kids and yes. how are you managing this? And so it's a lot. Um, remind everybody how old your kids are. Okay. So Hattie is six. She's in kindergarten and our son, like I said earlier, just turned four and he's in preschool. Um, when this all started, we have been, because of the roles that we're in, we've been talking about coronavirus since early January, watching how it was affecting China's global economy and potentially going to impact us from that aspect. I think in that first initial meeting where we started discussing it, if I had really, I was really digging into numbers and how it was impacting China, I wish I had thought about (laughs) their schools are closing. That could happen here too. But you know, you don't think about that. And I can't just go to the beach. Yeah, all weekend. right. So we, our daughter was sent home the 13th of March, right? Was that when uh, everything right was? About I then. think yeah. so. Uh-huh. Um, and it worked out because I was actually on a leave for a couple of days before I was, I went back to work. And after that, you know, we, we got babysitters. We figured it out day by day. It was something we had to do. We ended up pulling our son from preschool, even though they weren't closed just because, like I said earlier, we work with clients who are in that age group where it's really dangerous. Honestly, there's been, I'm I'm still not getting groceries. Well, um, I've never been good about that. This is really no different. <laughs> just a good excuse now, right? <laughs> so it's kind of forcing us to actually plan things out instead of going, oh, hey, we're out of butter. Can you run? Um, but I've loved, there's been things we have been pushed into doing our house we bought, it's 1,090 square feet, I want to say, somewhere it's somewhere in there. We intentionally bought a small house mm-hmm. knowing we are never home. And our dream... <laughs> Psych. <laughs> yeah. Our dream was for people to be like, man, their house is so small. And we are like, but we just got back from Scotland, so we don't care. <laughs> and that um, none of those things are happening right now. <laughs> So we basically just have this tiny house with two dogs and two kids and two adults who are working in it, and it is destroyed <laughs> all the time. I've given up on even yes, trying. Just give up, right? But that has really pushed us to be in our backyard, which is something that we knew we needed to work on. We've avoided like the plague. Yeah. And they, like to be entirely honest with you, we're eating outside most nights just because we don't want to face the mess that's inside. Yeah, sure. And we're loving that. Mm. When we ask our kids, what's one thing that has happened through all of this that you would like to stay the same? It's, I like eating dinner outside. Mm, that's cool. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think there's so many things that families are kind of experiencing now that they hadn't experienced before that they're like, oh, wow, we, we do love this. Yeah. And let's make sure that we hold on to this. Yeah. So <laughs> how do you think, how 
much of your life has changed that you think will probably remain the same? I think that we have, as a family, we've realized that we really like being with each other. Mm-hmm. Not that we, we didn't feel like we, we liked each other, like being with other, each other mm-hmm. before, but now that we have to, you know, to, to sit down and play a board game, it's yes. not like, it doesn't feel like this, oh, this kind of quote unquote forced family time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's fun and we enjoy it. And so I think, I, I'm hoping that that will translate kind of more uh, when this is over to where we'll just naturally gravitate towards that yep. more than we'll gravitate towards a screen mm-hmm. or something else. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's been really good for us. And and not that we've had, you know, tremendously deep conversations, but I do feel like we have built relationships. We're kind of building the bridges yes. towards those conversations. And again, our kids are 13 and 15, so way ahead of yours. But you could just have more kind of real conversations yeah. about things. Well, I noticed that from the beginning, Hattie, you know, she's only six, but she's in school and then she's got after school care. And I had actually the week before all of this happened, had just called a friend, MJ West. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've had her on here before because I was really concerned about a little girl at her after school care has a cell phone. And Hattie was kind of sharing how often she was getting to play on the cell phone. And I'm thinking, well, we weren't ready. We were not Mm -hmm. You know, you know that this is a possibility, but then you're also hearing how often yeah. she's doing it. So how do I go ahead and have some of these really difficult conversations with her about this? Um, so I kind of found a, like a little relief that I didn't have to have some of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because we're not at school right now. You're not dealing with that circumstance Right. Anymore. And so we've had a little more time to kind of teach her healthy ways of navigating the internet before she's back facing Absolutely. that cell phone. Yeah, that's good. But she she doesn't have anyone to talk to. She doesn't have all these little girlfriends and, you know, teachers to share things that she was too tired to tell us. So I'm finding out about a boy who likes her and a girl who said she stole her pencil. And it's just like all the things she was too exhausted at the end of the day to tell Mm, me is now coming out, is now coming out. And I'm, I'm, you're loving it. loving it. Yeah, yes. sure. Because now, now there's this relational space yes. to be able to step into some of that yes. stuff that wasn't there before. Yes. Yeah. Now that's a great thing to identify that I would love for us to hold on to um, as a family as well. It's been good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Anything else you want to say to our friends? I mean, we're going to have an here, interview here in a minute, but anything else you want to say to people you haven't had a chance to talk to in a while? Or you probably haven't um, thought about it very much because you've been too busy. Uh, I think I just want to say like, give yourself some freedom right now to I'll tell you, um, this is a little bit longer than you probably want here, but I have a lot more concern for parents as the adults that they are than the children. Amen. I would totally agree with that. So just that saying of you can't pour from an empty cup. We know for a fact, statistics show that issues with finance, stressful situations like this, just like we saw with Florence, this impacts you on a level that your kids are not going to be able to feel that pressure and that stress. They are sad that they're alone. They're sad that they miss their friends. They feel cooped up. They feel like they have no control, and that's awful. But you are dealing with a level of stress that's way more intense. So you have to find ways to cope with that, to care for those things before you can truly parent well. And sometimes that is just admitting that you can't mm-hmm. and you being can't honest all. with your kids. Yeah. So feel free to have a bad day. You are allowed to have bad days. What we're being asked to do is impossible. Yeah, that's right. So go from there. Yeah, and one of the ways that I've heard it said, and I totally agree with it too, is what we have to do in this time is we have to lower our expectations. Yes. 
Um, and, and the context that I heard that the first time was really with our kids. Like, you know, everything they've got to get accomplished, just lower the expectations. I think it's true for us as adults too. Yes. Is that because everything is so crazy Yep. and nobody's done this before, we do need to lower our expectations for what we expect to make sure we take care of ourselves. Yep, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm sad. My kid's not going to get to finish kindergarten. She, we're victims of rezoning the school mm-hmm. district, so she might not get to say goodbye to those friends. Yep. And that's been tough. But I am not fighting her on doing schoolwork right yeah. now. When she's in the mood, she's going to do it. Otherwise, she's in my room yelling about how she wants to talk to the person I'm talking to on the phone. <laughs> it's just kind of like, this is life right now. That's what so it is. Live in the moment. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, well, for a few minutes, you're going to get a chance to listen to an interview from um, our friend uh, Mike Ashcraft, pastor at Port City Community Church, where Mike's got a lot of great things to say. Um, I wanted to have him on here for episode 50 to both share a little bit about kind of what's going on right now um, in our culture, because he's got some great insight on that, as well as just to kind of encourage you guys as parents. So enjoy this interview with uh, Mike Ashcraft, and then Marcy and I will be back. I'm here with my friend and our pastor, uh, Mike Ashcraft, on, uh, to me, what what kind of almost feels like Groundhog Day in some ways, but yet every day is different. <laughs> That's exactly true. <laughs> in other ways, right? That's uh, exactly true. And just to put a little bit of a timestamp on this for folks, is we are in uh, the week after Easter, uh, 2020, better known as Coronavirus crisis and what are we like four or five weeks kind of in four weeks i think yeah four weeks in and so all of us trying to figure out how to navigate life and church and jobs and all that so mike thanks for joining us here on episode 50 uh congratulations yeah. on 50 episodes that's a big deal that feels crazy yeah it does uh, uh, anyway so so how, how are you and your family doing let's just start there so uh, we're good you know, you know i always try to think of all the all the important things are are really good and what's funny is you know we were talking about this is that time almost becomes irrelevant because you can't really figure out what day it is. That's right. Nobody knows. And it doesn't really matter. Like if it's Tuesday or Saturday. Um, They're all the same. Yeah, they seem to be the same. And uh, last week, we, you know, Easter, we did our service live, which was the first time in, in you know, the four weeks that we haven't recorded early. So Sunday actually felt like, oh, I have to get up. You know, before that, Sundays, you just wake up and go, oh, I'm going to watch church. You know, so it was, yeah, it was right. definitely a strange feeling for me. And uh, but yeah, we're doing we're doing really well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, the kids are good. Uh, Julie and I are great. And uh, houses, the yards picked up and clean. I've been, you know, a lot of things I haven't gotten to in a while I've been able to get to. Yeah, I've noticed that that there are a lot of projects that I know a lot of people are able to kind of step into. So, um, well, I wanted to kind of have a chance for you to just sort of talk to really parents, uh, not just in our church, but other parents that kind of listen um, to this podcast. And, and one of the things that's interesting about you is that you have older kids. And a lot of times what we talk about on the Parent Network podcast, we do sort of focus on, I guess, kind of middle school, high school, elementary school kids, but your kids are, are older than that. And so I'd love to know kind of how's it been leading your older kids through this crisis? Because it, you know, things have changed for them quite a bit too. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is amazing how fast things change. I think the other thing too, I would say about the, the pace, you know, the rhythms of this season are extremely important. Uh, we're going to be actually talking about that uh, in some of what we're going to be teaching in the next few weeks uh, at the church because it, things do run together and you can wind up with these long stretches of either nothing or just too much. And, you know, I, part of what we've been talking about is just the, the pace of ministry job-wise has just been been ridiculously busy. And uh, a couple of days you sit at your, your dining room table 
and realize you've been sitting there for, and I don't, I don't sit still very long and realize I've been sitting there for 10 hours and you, you, you know, oh my gosh, you just all ran yeah. together. And so there's something really important to pay attention to it too in that. Um, so my kids, my kids are 24. Uh, my daughter, my oldest, and she's married uh, to Carson and uh, maybe married to two over two years. And then my youngest is 18, almost 19, and she's a freshman uh, in college. Yeah. So what's it been like kind of with them through this? this so uh, Maddie and Carson live about uh, half a mile from us, you know, not too far. Um, they they. Um, they do their own thing most of the time, and we we talk regularly. Um, uh, with Michaela moving back home from the dorm, she's been back at home, and it's been a shock to her. I think just thinking her freshman year has just been completely uh, cut short. Uh, a lot of emotion that moving her out of the dorm, you know, in a split second yeah, it was, was a over big deal. really quick. Wasn't yeah, it? and all of her friends disappearing that she had really just kind of gotten in a groove. Um, disappearing overnight, and now the bulk of her time is spent with uh, Julie and and myself, and um, or Julie and I, and then um, Maddie and Carson come by quite a bit, which is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they all get cranked up about nine o'clock, and and you know, pulling <laughs> You're out, down, and we're, right? we're winding down, and and uh, they're cranking up. So it's just it's just really you know to me it's just the opportunity or the the it's a challenge and an opportunity both to stay engaged because you're tired and lots of stuff is going on. So one of the things that we've heard obviously from a lot of kids who have kind of lost you know part of their their school year and all the things that go with that is that there's a real sadness to that, especially if it's you know high school senior, college senior, eighth grader because yeah. we have an eighth grader who <clears throat> I think it's just now hitting her that she's not going back to her middle school right? and a lot of the things. So ha- has Michaela experienced kind of any of that sadness and how have you and Julie helped her kind of walk through that? Yeah. You know, um, she has, and I think part, part of the way is we, we are just very open uh, in our house. We talk about stuff all the time. Um, you know, my wife's real good about uh, just connecting, you know, in a really intentional way with Michaela. They, they, uh, pal around a lot. Julie, uh, one of the things that she's she's just really gifted at, she's been doing a lot of kind of connecting need to people who can meet those needs. And so Michaela's jumped in with her and they've been um, jumping in the car and delivering meals down to uh, some uh, elderly uh, folks. And they've been uh, taking groceries and stuff to, you know, went and bought uh, fried chicken from uh, Bojangles and took it down to one of those. You know, so Michaela's getting to do stuff like that. Yeah. And I think for her to see Julie, because it's been hard, you know, Julie was laid off from her job. And so she's at home and just kind of immediately jumped into where she could be helpful. And Michaela's just kind of followed suit. So I think it's not just, and and the, the challenge is not to do it in a way that just distracts them from the emotion, but to do it in a way that allows them to process the emotion at the same time recognize that just as old things um, come to an end, new things are always beginning. And there's a, a, a reality to that always. And there's also a, a choice to be hopeful and to find a sense of purpose and peace in it as well. Yeah. And one of the things that you, you just said that harkens back to something you've said before to parents is how when your kids were younger, you guys make sure I get this right. You talk about Anything, any anything so, so you, you can, can talk, talk about, about everything. everything. Yeah. Flesh that out a little bit for people who maybe haven't. So, heard you know, it's so funny what I think about now and, and it's it, it's there are no magic bullets like there just aren't. Um, I, I, my kids and I include my son-in-law and my kids. We're all very close and I enjoy being with them. They enjoy being with us. 
Um, and so this is kind of the culmination of a vision yeah. that we really had when they were when they were born and, and toddlers and through those ages when you think you're going to, you know, they may not live uh, in your house for very long if they keep acting like and this. And if they do, you won't. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> and so um, but it was just uh, it's it, and, and, you know, we give it this every time. It's it's always about relationship. It's a, it's not about managing your kids performance. It's about learning how to live in a relationship with the people that God has given to you and entrusted to you and to recognize that there are, you know, all the things that make me crazy about one of my kids are probably the things they got from me. Mm -hmm. And it, it really forces me to learn how to deal with myself, how to deal with them. And it's been that way for a long time. So, you know, what it turns into is when, when uh, Michaela or Madison will, or Carson will ask a question, you just engage with it as the as they got to be teenagers it was really important not to argue their points um, because teenagers say stuff that doesn't make sense and they say that's stuff that's not right. And instead of trying to convince them they're not right, listen to them and really mind for understanding, get curious about where that's coming from because ultimately they're not dumb and they're, they're more than likely going to come into places uh, where they discover what's real and true and right but as long as they're arguing over a, a battle of wills, that's that's a pride thing, and that's a war that we rarely win with ourselves, let alone with our kids. Yeah, and so many things that you just said, I think, are so super important for this season. Yeah. Um, you're talking about discovery and how yeah. that's you know one of the core values of our church, and how much how much more powerful it is for someone to discover something yeah. than be told it. <clears throat> yeah, and is so critical for especially it's the our model of right? Jesus. I mean, right. Jesus always told a story and it, yeah. it rarely had like a really curt lawyer answer to it. It was just like, here's this story and you're, you're, you're kind of engaged. You're trying to lean in and, and it takes a lot of patience. I mean, I get it. You know, when you're with your kids all the time um, now, like unlike others, there, there are places where you're like, I, I got to have a break. And that's not, you know, I think people go, they vacillate between, I got to have a break and they feel bad that they need a break. But the reality is they need a break. And, you just have to, you have to get rhythm, schedule them in. Let's go, I'm going to go clean the kitchen or I'm going to go outside and blow off the driveway or I'm going to go sweep something so that I can just get in some headspace and get out or, or, you know, get your kids participating in cultivating the home that you live in. You know, that's not just doing your chores because you need to occupy their time. They're contributing to the culture of your home. And these are just, you have to say it like that, but these are vision things. When you're asking your kids to do something, you're always shaping and inviting them to participate into what you have ultimately been entrusted with. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I want you to talk a little bit more about the kind of the performance piece of things and yeah. how you said, you know, our, our goal is relationships, yeah. but not managing their performance. And one of the things that we're hearing in a lot of the parent connect groups, yeah. um, and, mm -hmm. and honestly, what we experience in our house with, you know, an eighth grader and a 10th grader is um, the, the level of managing their performance or the, the what it looks like to step into managing their performance is so different right now. Because like, is he checking his, you know... <laughs> His plan book and does it? You know, is he really following up with his stuff? And, and right. there's some of that normally, but talk to parents who that's that's what they're struggling with now is a a totally different sort of view on managing their kids' performance. Yeah. What would you say to parents in this season about that? You know, I think it's probably the same thing I would say to anybody who's trying to lead anybody. Like it's it's a leadership, you know, uh, a tactic or or way. And in in that what you have to understand is it's, it's, it's never about getting someone to do what you want them to do. 
that is always a recipe for disaster because the only thing they learn is I can only do things if I'm told to do. They don't learn how to think and how to engage, depending on what age they are, um, you know, is to be able to go let's make your list. Um, what do you need to do? And then put it on them to get it done. And then the, the accountability piece, and this is where I think a lot of people get mixed up with accountability. Accountability is not a system of checks and balances. It's actually a crucial component of a relationship. Um, accountability means that when I invite you into my life in that way, it means that I'm inviting you to take what I say seriously. And if you ask me about it and participate with me and ultimately hold me responsible for what I've said I'm going to be responsible for, all you're do actually not all you're doing, you're actually honoring me. Mm-hmm. So when my kids, when I invite them, and, I, and we've done this since they were small, right? When I ask them to do something, their first response is to affirm, yes, daddy, or yes, mom, or whatever. They, they say, I'm going to give my voice a verbal commitment to do what you've asked me to do. So what it becomes about is not about them obeying me or disobeying me, but they're them actually, and it is, that is important, but it's also about them taking ownership for saying what they mean and not using words to manipulate. If I say, yes, mom, then she'll stop asking me yeah, right. for 20 minutes. I can keep doing what I'm doing, but instead they're learning to honor their word. So then when you get them into high school and middle school and you're giving, you know, walking through their planners or whatever it is, and they're saying, I'm going to do these things they're they actually know and understand they're responsible for it. And when you ask them about it, you're not nagging them, you're honoring them. You're, you're holding them to what they have said they're going to do. And if they don't do it or won't do it or choose not to do it, that's a whole different conversation, but they need to be responsible for what they're saying and what they're committing to and then their corresponding actions. Okay, so maybe a tough question. What if you're a parent who you haven't kind of planted that into your kids over the years and all of a sudden they're you know 15 years old and you're trying to kind of play catch up a little bit on that because I do feel like there are a lot of parents who would be in that boat. I, I think if that's the case and you recognize that's happened again, it would be there would be so many probably individual cases yeah, to try sure. and speak into. I don't want to be super general, but if I had to generalize and you really knew that, man, I have just basically let my kid get away and covered for them every step yep. of the way. At 15, I'd sit down and have a very frank conversation and it would be something like, hey, listen, um, I care about you and I care about you more than you know. And the reason that I, I do all these things for you is because I care about you. But ultimately, we need to have a conversation about responsibility. I need to know what you think about what I've done. I need to tell you what I feel about what I've done. Because if your kid says, hey, you know, mom or dad, frankly, I like it. Because when you do stuff for me, it means I don't do it for myself. I can play more video games. Yeah. Then you're going to have a little bit different conversation. Um, but perhaps they may say, or it may lead to something. Again, it's that talk about anything, so you can talk about everything. They may say, well, I actually feel like you don't think I can do it, and so you do it for me. And all this, then you're into some conversations of some places where you have windows of time to actually go through and test some things while you have relational space because yeah. you're together to processing. And, and what you, one of the things as a parent and, and as a kid is you're learning. Like, you know, I, I told my kids over and over again, I've never done this before. And um, so you're learning. It's okay to learn. It's okay to go, I don't know how we're going to do this, but can we figure this out together? Because you, you're, if you're 15, you're 16, you have a perspective. Um, I'm, you know, 38 or 48 or whatever, and, and I have a perspective. And can we talk about this perspective and see if we can arrange some understanding? And I think we, we underestimate humans capacity to understand things, especially teenagers and below that they're not, 
you know, that they're not dumb. And, and oftentimes we have to stop because I remember for me, it was really difficult to not treat my kids like they were four because I knew them when they were four. And all of a sudden they're, they're 16 or 15. And I'm, and you know, in our minds, we want to freeze them when they're four because they're cute and they're sweet. Mm -hmm. But at 15, they're not four and they have opinions and they have ideas and they have dreams and they have hopes and they have emotions and you have to enter in and give them healthy places to process those. And I think just a very, you know, again, the beauty of the quarantine is you don't have to figure it all out in an hour. That's right. Because you're going to have days, yeah. perhaps, and maybe even weeks. Yeah, what a great opportunity yeah. to use the time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of another question I wanted to ask you is, you know, when it comes to leading our kids spiritually, and you can go anywhere you want kind of with an age group on this, because I know yeah. you're, you're yeah. far removed from toddlers, yeah. you and Julie are, but you know, anything that you would kind of recommend maybe to parents during this season when it comes to, to pour it into their kids spiritually? You know, I, I think the you know, you got to get some basic print principles, some basic foundations, you know, God's faithfulness. Do we, do we, you know, do we trust in it? Mm -hmm. And then, and then when you say yes, it doesn't mean that it's like, okay, I trust in it. So everything's okay. It means I trust in it. And when things aren't okay or things are hard or I collide with things, I have to wrestle with those just like I would expect my kids to do. Um, and, and so I think you get some bedrock ideas down and what you're going to celebrate and what you're going to cling to in your, uh, in your home. You know, we tried to do this with the Hope in the Dark series, which was about everybody's tendency is to get out from underneath this so they can get on with their lives. And um, I think the posture is if we can learn to acknowledge this is hard and it's wonky in some ways and then be able to say, what are we learning in this? Mm -hmm. And constantly be asking your kids, what are you learning in this? What are you sensing in this? What surprised you about this? What surprised you about yourself in this? Um, how does your faith sustain you? Like one of the, you know, again, we've been fortunate to have very authentic uh, conversations about faith. You know, I don't get my uh, family together and put them on. We have actually a church pew in our house that someone gave us years ago uh, at our dining room table. And I don't put my kids on the church pew and open my Bible and preach. Right. Let's have Sunday school. We, are, we don't. But what we do is we're always talking about things. Um, we use our one words still. Uh, Madison's word is garden. Um, and, you know, again, she's 24, and her her whole mind has opened up. And, and, and you know, I have to remind her that her voice is actually important to me. Because she has some very well-developed ideas uh, about things. And sometimes when I'll be having a conversation with her, and if we're not you know, exactly on the same page, or I see something one way and she sees something another, I'll say something with force. Well, she's like, well, Dad, you're a pastor, and you're grown, and so you must be right. And what I try to do is to go, I, I'm not, I'm processing with you. Yeah. We're now at that We're doing this together. We're learning together. And your voice in this is actually important to me because of what God is doing in your life. And I know her giftedness and I know her tendencies and I encourage them. And that's the, the, you know, the thing that surprised me most about parenting is I thought you get them to 18, 17, and you're really on it. It actually has begun a whole new season that has been far more uh it's not challenging in the same way that toddlers are challenging you have to you have to think differently but it's been beautiful like there's mm -hmm. so many moments with Carson and Maddie um just as, as a parent to feel a sense of of connection and a sense of of just depth of a relationship where you can have conversations and you can be really for them 
uh, in ways that I didn't really anticipate. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think through too, like how powerful is it to a kid? And when I say kid, I even mean, you know, like Carson and Maddie's age, because I'm thinking about my son and yeah. my daughter, like how powerful is it for them, for, for us as their parents to say, hey, your voice matters. Yeah, oh, it's really powerful, right? yeah. And so all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I, the, the relationship probably just goes to a different level because I have now validated their voice. Right. And then they begin to you know experience me validating their voice right. and whatever's going on. That which, which I think makes it doubly important when you're having those conversations about them saying, I'm going to do my homework mom or dad and then they don't do it mm-hmm. because that's their voice like they're learning the integrity of their voice and what the challenge is to do it where it's not pre- it's not performance pressure yeah right it's it's a way to become you know free i mean that that's ultimately what it's about and so you know and all and i say you know it sounds like you're using a lot of language um when you say how do you develop them spiritually you're using a lot of language that we would all use but that's the beauty of it is you don't have to go into king james english to develop your kids spiritually. I think you need to be able to talk about passages of Scripture and the way you use the Scripture in your own life personally to address them. But that's part of the way we teach and lead at the church. Is, you know, we spent four weeks in Romans 8. You, know, you can talk about the Spirit intercedes for us in our weaknesses. And, it's when he, and when we can't come up with the words, right, we can go to God and say, God, I don't know what to say. We can use that language about, Mom, how do you process this? Or, Dad, how do you process this when you don't know what's going to happen or your job is in jeopardy? We can say, I, I don't know, but what he promises is this. Or we can say that what we are experiencing now actually has use and meaning for something that is to come. And, and those are all things that we relate to, but we don't have to use, like I said, you, you, it needs to be the normal part of how you live and I live my life. And, I, and there's just not a substitute for that. Yeah, and I think of a friend of ours who says the kingdom of God needs to become more normal and less foreign, <laughs> right? And that's what we're talking that's, about That's here. exactly right. Yeah, right? more normal, less. That's, that's exactly true. It's Rick Schaefer who yeah, said exactly. that too. And we're really, that's such a great language. Yeah, it is. And, and, and unfortunately, and I even kind of for me, I remember growing up, like the kingdom of God and kingdom of God language was very foreign. It felt weird. Yep. It felt odd. Um, and so, yeah, how can we as parents... Just as we build our relationships with our kids and our spouse and everybody in our family, just make talking about Jesus, the kingdom of God, more normal, less foreign, because that'll just lower the pressure Yeah, in, yeah. in so many different ways. And it allows them to process it. It yeah. allows them to say, dad or mom, this is confusing or this doesn't make sense or this is hard. Or like Mi- Michaela came in the other night and she's, we were talking about Easter and she came and she said, dad, I got a, I got a question for you. And it was like, you know. And, gonna get you, Dad. Yeah, but well, it was it was basically she was testing what she was thinking, so she was asking me the answer, uh, asking me the question to figure out if she was thinking in alignment with what I would say or what was true or whatever what the Bible taught. But what I did was, Dad, I got a question for you, and she asked me the question. I said, "Tell me what you think." Exactly. Don't answer the question. Let them and, process. And then, and listen, as a pastor, you want to be smart in front of your kids. Oh, let, me, <laughs> let me answer that question for you, right? But I, I said, hey, you tell me what you think. And then she told me we had a, a really, really good conversation about that. And we were able to add some layers to it and then ask her follow-ups. To, and what you're doing is you're helping them think. She's she's 18, almost 19. They're, they're learning how to think for themselves and to process this faith that she's grown up with. You know, one of the phrases we use is that your faith has to stop being what you've always heard and start being what you actually believe. And that process runs mm, years. years. Yeah. 
Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's how, I think, how God has designed us. And because it's relational and not informational, it, it's okay that it's that way. Yeah, and the way that you did that, I, I bet you took such self-control. It, right, it does because you want to tell your you want to be smart. You want to be answer your man. question. You can answer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Especially when it's your job. Sure, answer man, fix it, yeah. and make sure they get it right instead of helping to take them through a process where yeah. they figure it out. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Um, so okay, so anything you want parents to know, just sort of about kind of our church and the way our church is responding to to what's happening in the world right now. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I mean. What I would hope is that you you take a lot of um, you know confidence in the fact that the church is is really sufficient. Sorry, that's not the right word. Christ is sufficient, but what He is doing through His church is actually really beautiful. Mm. Um, we know there are a lot of folks who are struggling, and some of you listening to this might be, um, you know, in that in that category. And you know, we stand ready to help. Um, we are leveraging most everything in our church to really reach people where they are during this season. You know, we have suspended our services uh, collectively, corporately, and we said that in the very beginning to be helpful. And so we have continued that posture to rearrange what we're doing, um, you know, to really be helpful. So if there's things that you need, you know, obviously resources with our family ministries, what you guys have done, SAS, um, to continue to provide not just curriculum for parents to kind of have to get through with their kids to teach them, but also these little pockets or windows of space to enjoy things and to laugh and to take a breath. Um, all those have been really, really powerful. And so, you know, really what I would say is that we, we just, we, and, and your part in this, you know, as you listen and participate in the podcast and you share and participate uh, in other ways, and then even leverage what you have for the sake of other people, this is what it means to be the church. And we're, we're leveraging everything we have to both learn how to do that more effectively and to kind of uh, curate those stories so we can share them and be encouraged together. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see over the next several weeks how we kind of keep hearing from people and figure out kind of what are we learning yeah. and what are some things that we can apply kind of in the long term. So we've heard about the zoom groups and yeah. I mean, just there's, I mean, I'm hearing this, I've connected with people. I didn't even, you know, in ways I haven't before. So there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening and the more we can share those and keep championing that narrative. Um, I think the more hope we continue to, to build into the world uh, around us, especially during this time of uncertainty. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so parents, uh, like Mike said, if you need anything, let us know. Um, you can uh, obviously email us here at the church. You can uh, do that at parents at portcitychurch.org. Uh, there's a bunch of different places on the web. You can go pc3parents.org, portcity.family. Obviously, follow us uh, on all of that stuff and follow us as a church because um, obviously over the next month or so, we'll still be kind of in this and figuring it out all together. Um, but please, parents, let us know if there's anything that we can do for you um, and your family as you kind of attempt to help your family walk with God. So, Mike, yeah. thanks. Chris Sass, thank you. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Yeah, and fun. thanks for all you do to continue to lead our families uh, in, in our mission and vision. Thanks, man. So it was great hearing from uh, from Mike. He's always got a lot of great um, insight, especially when it comes to just dealing with our kids relationally because that's one of the things that I know, Marcy, he's done incredibly well with his two girls um, it's just sort of build that relationship. So what was something that kind of you heard and what you want to kind of talk about from, from Mike's interview? You know, I really resonated with what he said, and I'm, I'm probably getting this wrong, but he's talked about how he was at his table and just realized how much time had gone by. 
And it is odd how I often feel like we're in this kind of like time warp. Yeah. Like the world is spinning, but time is not moving. What day is it again today? Uh, right? Yeah. I uh, I think it's Sunday. I don't know. It doesn't yeah, feel right. a whole different from what Monday looked like. So it's just this whole, it's hard to swallow that. And I'm seeing that my kids feel that way too. I mean, my kids are getting a lot less movement than I am because they're not going to the grocery store or running an errand if it's needed. Yeah. So trying to keep that in mind that for them, this is, they feel kind of stuck in time. But I can fill that time with the love and the joy and the play that we haven't really had a lot of opportunity to fill. Yeah, and I hear a lot of families who, who they, they recognize that they have that opportunity, mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's still hard to step into that yeah. um, with our kids, especially as your kids get older and they just want to be on a screen. I right. know younger kids do as well. Um, and one of the things that I love about what Mike said is just how we have to recognize that it's hard. Yeah. Uh, which is what we said kind of at the beginning of this. Yeah, and I think it's important to address the fact that every listener that is on this is probably facing a different kind of hard. Yeah. You know, we're we're dealing with at our daughter's school, we're trying to help families get internet because they don't have access to it. And on top of that, they've lost their jobs. We have families who need food because they aren't working. And we have kids who are sharing one device at home and all three of them are in school. And these are all, that's a different level of hard than what I'm dealing with. It's all about perspective, right? Right. So I just don't, as you listen to this, I don't want you to hear us saying, well, you're working and your life is kind of normal. And Sass, you guys have been great parents for years. Of course, you guys can freely go play with your kids. No, hear me when I say I have moments where I still need to go into my room and like cry about what we have lost in this season. Mm, Yeah. I do. I yeah. have those moments, even though I am working and I'm running a mile a minute. I'm I'm recognizing there are things that I'm grieving over. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I think too, one of the things that we've got to do as parents is we've got to um, a recognize that in ourselves and and kind of when we need to deal with that. Because mm-hmm. I had a moment a couple of nights ago where I wasn't necessarily grieving about something, but I was really I didn't want to be around one of our kids. Yes, for sure. And I, I literally had to physically remove myself. I'm looking at Adam right now because yeah. he's done this recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I had to go on to a Zoom call with other parents talking about parenting, <laughs> and I I could not do it in my normal at my desk. I had to go outside and do it because I was not going to be anywhere near that child. <laughs> that that just was where I was, right? And so th- there are things that we as adults are dealing with that that we got to acknowledge and we got to make yeah. sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Um, in a healthy way too. But I also think when it comes to our kids and what they're dealing with, and, and my kids are in this boat and yours probably are too, is what, what they're going to remember. And I, I read something, uh, I think on the last podcast that mm-hmm. was kind of of this, in this, this uh, ballpark where 20 years from now, what they're going to remember is they were home for four or five months and mm-hmm. it was sort of this family time. Yeah. Great or bad, either one, that's what yeah. they're going to remember, right? And so some of them who are older kids are, are dealing with, hey, we're missing prom and we're missing graduation. And there's mm-hmm. a level of grieving that, mm-hmm. that we've got to help them get through. Other kids, there's, it's just extended summer without being able to go to the beach. And so I don't think we need to project anything onto right. them, right? It's just right. balance of where are they? Yeah. What are they dealing with? And how can yeah. we empathize and help them? And right? this is a really great chance to give your kids perspective. Are they just upset that they can't see their friends? Yeah. Because there are kids who are upset that they've lost their lunch. That's right. Yeah. So, is, is the Wi-Fi a little slow when I'm right. playing my game? So or? this is right. We're what we're seeing happening in America right now, which has been one of my my larger struggles, is we're seeing our our wealth gap 
mm-hmm. grow sure. wider. Yeah. And we need to prepare our kids to and, and our church to jump into ministry in a way that we would like after any other crisis. That's right. Because once we come out of this, when we are allowed, we're going to have to care for people in a way that we've never had to truly consistently mm-hmm. care for them. For a, a long period of time. For a long time. period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's going to kind yeah. of come to the surface. Yeah. And I think and that's where I have a friend, actually one of the guys I work with, an advisor here, he one day we were talking about darkness and he said, you know, that first verse in the Bible where God said, let there be light. That is one of the most significant moments of God's love. Mm. Because, you know, we think of hate and hurt and pain as darkness. And the first thing he did was he brought light. Mm, that's good. And that's a huge act of love. He brought light and love to the darkness. And yeah. I know Mike has talked a lot about that too, but how we can see this dark situation and we can fill it with love and light. And I know right now it's hard to do because we're doing it all remotely yeah, right. <laughs> and with distance, but it's a great way to go ahead and prepare your kids to fill them up with some leadership skills to step out into the world. Cause when they go back to school, they're going to hear a lot of different kinds of stories, you know, and I'll say one more quick thing before. Okay. So, all right. All right. Episode 50. I want you guys to be aware because we have, we've talked about this a lot with kids with technology and TikTok has become a big thing. And I know you guys have talked about it, but I wasn't on that. I am literally witnessing kids on TikTok and it's heart wrenching. And I'm, I know that some of you guys are probably watching these things because you want to be aware of what your kids are interacting with, but these kids are literally posting videos from their bedrooms and all it is is audio of their parents fighting. And it's normal families that just look just like ours, but they're so stressed out and they're so burdened with what is happening in this world right now that they're at each other and their kids, while they might be in another room, they hear all of it. Yeah. And they're they're able to record what you're saying and how you're treating each other, and they're posting it on the internet. Mm-hmm. So if they feel so hurt that they need to share that hurt for the likes and the chemical release that makes them feel better about that situation, keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. And what that that just reminds me is the awareness that we have to have as parents of what's really going on in the yes. lives of our kids, yes. and and how that can be really hard in a difficult time that yes. we're going through um, as a culture. And so, man, what a great reminder for, for you know, what you said at the very beginning is make sure you're kind of getting filled up yourself Yes. Um, in order to be able to really effectively deal with your and kids. And now is a really great time to call that friend that you've been hesitating to call, to call the friend that you don't want to burden or the, the person on staff at yes, the church. Call us. They want your calls. That's they right. want, if even if you just emailed them and said, hey, I need a call. Yeah. They want to do that for you because I know that from a person who was in ministry for a long time, I would be tormented right now with the free time, with the yeah. nothing, with the not being able to run over to someone's house and care for them and love on them and yeah. you know all those things. So do that. Reach out. Don't live in the isolation. Your kids need you. So even if you're not asking for help so much as just a ear, that's okay. Yeah. Lean yeah. into that. That's right, because it's it's just building the relationship. Yes. Um, that's good. And take a breath. Don't, if you, it's okay, both of you, and if you're a married parents, feel free to look at each other and say, I need a minute. It's, that's okay. <laughs> We're all dealing with a lot. Allow each other that space to take a breath. That's right. Before you're screaming in your kitchen and your kids are posting it on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> I've not seen any of those TikToks yet. <laughs> I'm have to send you a few. They're, heart, oh, they're yes. heartbreaking, yeah. but it's also kind of like really glad my kids don't have a cell phone. Yes, right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
Hey, Marcy, thanks for taking time to do this. We really kind of just appreciate everything that you have done for so long to help kind of get this up and rolling. And so episode 50, we had to have you kind of come back. Well, so. thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm still going to keep tormenting you because you got to come on every now and then and, uh, yeah. and, and be a part Sounds of it. Good. So we we'll, appreciate it. We'll figure it out <laughs> yes, one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, thanks for listening uh, to episode 50 of the Parent Network Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at PC3Parents and at Port City Church. Um, and we've got a lot of resources if you're checking out kind of in the midst of COVID-19. If you go to the PC3Parents um, webpage, we've got a lot of resources, articles just for you as parents. This is not things to do with your kids. This is, hey, here's how to help you as a parent. So go to PC3Parents.org, check out some of that. And uh, if there's anything specific we can do for you, email us at parents at portcitychurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.